desire to have more influence, more impact, and more success in your business and in your life? Dr. John Terry with Black Belt Leadership will help you discover, develop, and deploy your own unique leader within, teaching you to truly master your life. John is a two-time Martial Arts Hall of Fame inductee and an international speaker who has authored seven books on leadership, two of which are bestsellers on Amazon. To learn more or to connect with John directly, visit BeABlackBeltLeader.com. That's BeABlackBeltLeader.com. After all, why just be a leader when you can be a Black Belt Leader? We bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, a business owner and digital marketer. On my way here, I have found amazing resources that have helped my business grow and they can help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, today we are talking about business leadership and specifically we are talking about what it means to be a truly incredible leader. As many of you know, I have a long history with the corporate world and unfortunately one of the things that happens a lot in that world is that people are raised to their level of incompetency. Just because someone holds a position of leadership doesn't mean that they should. And oftentimes that leader has found them themselves there because the leaders that put them there do not understand what actually makes a good leader and they have been chosen for the wrong reasons. Honestly, I think it's probably just as uncomfortable for most of the people that end up in those position positions because oftentimes they are battling with imposter syndrome, which seems to make them more prone to worse mistakes. And they are, they start to use unfounded tactics to try to gain control and respect that they believe their position deserves. And as my next guest has said, anyone can lead. In fact, everyone is leading someone, someone somewhere right now. It's a lack of effective leadership that not only limits your potential, it limits the potential of those you are leading. So how do we recognize great leaders? And most importantly, how do we ensure that we are leading well? Because the real question is not how to make someone else effective through your leadership. The real question is, are you able to effectively lead yourself first? And as my next guest is just the right guide that we need for this journey, because he is a black belt in this area. He is John Terry, owner of Black Belt Leadership and two-time martial arts Hall of Fame inductee. John brings years of black belt experience to helping people, young and old, discover and develop the black belt leader within and lead themselves with black belt excellence. 
They can use their leadership and influence to create high-performance, people-centric, value-based, non-leader-dependent teams and make an impact right where they are. John is a two-time best-selling author and an in-demand international public speaker. He is the founder of Black Belt Leadership, the president of Real Life Management, and currently serves as a President's Advisory Council member with Maxwell Leadership. John is also a DISC certified human behavior consultant and a CTAA accredited accredited emotional intelligence coach and practitioner. John, welcome to the show. I am sincerely honored to have you here. That was a mouthful, Nancy. I'm glad you got it out. Thanks for having me. So excited to be a part Thanks, of John. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get started in martial arts? I got started in martial arts at the age of 13. My parents relocated from a big city to a small town, and dad kept building this up that I was going to get to be the, the small town somebody instead of this big town nobody, uh, never getting to play sports, never getting to do things I wanted because there's 100 kids on the team. So we're going to this little small town and I thought it's going to be great. So we move, go to this new school. And sure enough, I became a somebody. I became the target of every bully in school. And after about two or three weeks of that, I told my dad, I don't care about your new job. I want to go back to the big city and be the nobody. Well, dad said, I'll fix it. I thought he was going to go talk to the principal and the principal bring the boys in and it all be over. No, dad drives me downtown to this little hole in the wall martial arts school that up until that point had never taught a child. They only taught adults. I was the only teenager in the school at the age of 13, soaking wet, 75 pounds, maybe a uh, little skinny, scrawny kid. And I walk in and everybody, there's this giant of a man. And I thought, my God, my dad's put me in here to die. <laughs> I had. And the instructor, my dad was a furniture salesman. My dad had sold him some furniture and he knew my story and was willing to take me in. And he said, John, I'm glad you're here. He said, we've got a new girl that just joined our program and you're just about her size. And he points in the corner and there's this beautiful girl that looks like she stepped out of a swim, you know, a sports illustrated swimsuit model. Edition. And I thought, oh, you know, be still my heart. Well, little did I know she was there to learn self-defense because she'd come out of a bad relationship. So the standing joke at my house became this, Nancy, that my dad was paying good money for me to get beat up like a girl three nights a week. So I could <laughs> defend myself. But the, the funny story is once I learned to fight like a girl and I learned to defend myself, the bullying at school stopped. Mm -hmm. So it kind of became this quest and this journey for me that at the age of 13, I found and here now, many, many years later, still pursuing and absolutely love what I do. Mm. Well, so then how did the black belt approach uh, start? Like, how did you incorporate that into teaching leadership? You know, leadership was a very integral part of the martial arts for me early on. Uh, the instructor that founded the art of Shobayashi Shorinru uh, was a man that believed if you were not a person of character, you couldn't be taught the martial arts. And so he passed this down through his instructors for years. And when you first started training in the martial arts, you spent the first six, nine, 12 months learning very basic things, but also having to prove that you were a person of good character, a good value, mm. that you could lead yourself well, that you could make good choices, that you would not in any way disrespect the family that had created this art. And out of that came this incredible quest for leadership and learning and understanding that if I wanted to grow as a martial artist, I first had to learn how to grow myself. Mm. I had to do that. My dad, who was a prolific reader, 
loved to get me started reading at an early age. So at 13, he bought me John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You. And he gave me a copy of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And dad told me, he said, if you read this book and write me a report, I'll give you some money. We didn't love money when you're 13 years old. <laughs> so I started reading, fell in love with these authors and many others that my dad and others introduced me to. And that became my personal journey. And leadership mm -hmm. has essentially been a part of my life from the time I was 12, 13 years old and growing up. And I can't remember a time in my life when I wasn't learning something about leadership. Right. Well, and I noticed, you know, a lot of what you teach is that you have to lead yourself first in order to be able to really effectively lead anyone else. And it sounds like that is the primary basis, too, for what you ultimately learned in in martial arts. It sounds like without that, martial arts is not effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, anything in life you do, you've got to learn to lead yourself well. If you want to position yourself as a leader and mm -hmm. you can't lead yourself, mm -hmm. what's the example that you're putting before everybody else around you? Yeah. Dr. John Maxwell, who's now become one of my personal mentors. One of the things I've heard Dr. John say over and over again is people do what people see. And mm. if you're not leading yourself well, you're not making good choices and you're not modeling what it means to be a good leader. Folks that are going to follow your example are going to become rotten leaders just like you. Mm. And that's yeah. a recipe for disaster in any organization. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I did not mention in your bio, but you have authored seven books on leadership so far. Um, which of these has had the greatest impact and why? The greatest impact I've, I've had up to this point, Nancy, has been with a book I authored in 2020, which is really kind of the pinnacle for the Black Belt Leadership brand. And it's called Black Belt Leadership 101. And in that book, I take the time to explain that if you truly want to be a black belt leader in life, you truly want to have the opportunity not only to learn to lead yourself, but to effectively lead others and live a life not just of success, but significance. There are 10 essential elements that you've got to learn to embrace in terms of being a leader. And mm. so I take you through a journey in this book of what I call earning your way to black belt in leadership. So everybody mm -hmm. starts out as a white belt, devoid of knowledge. And as you go through each chapter, you're gaining mastery in a specific area of leadership. And mm -hmm. when you get to the end of the book, you've learned the 10 essential things that if practiced and lived out in your life, you ultimately become a black belt leader in life. How neat. Now, do you have programs that also uh, bring people through this process? I take it that's, I that's exactly. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. I've actually, in a, the book itself is designed and, and I wrote the book intentionally to be a book that an individual that wants to grow people in their organization can use. Mm -hmm. And so the back of the book has a facilitator's guide built into it. So as you're going through each chapter, it can become self-study if you're reading it on your own, or mm -hmm. if you're doing it in a group setting, then you can have group discussion around what you're learning in each of those chapters. I've also gone on to develop a masterclass around that over 40 mm -hmm. hours of video training on what it means to be a black belt leader in life. And that's available at beablackbeltleader.com for anyone that wants to go through and truly go deeper than what you're going to get in the book. Cool. So, um, in that book, then you, when you're talking about those 10 steps, would you share them with us? Be happy to. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's an acrostic that I created around the word black belt. So the very first principle is belief. 
If you don't believe there's a black vote leader within you, you're never going to develop and deploy it. Mm -hmm. And whatever you want to achieve, if you don't believe it's possible, it's never going to happen because you can only achieve what you believe. And so it starts out with teaching the belief of what it means to be a black belt leader, to believe in yourself, to believe in your calling and what it is you're passionate to do. From mm -hmm. there, you move to the area of L, which is learning. Once you believe in what it means to be a leader, you've got to cultivate and learn how to lead yourself, how to lead others and effectively grow other people. Because the role of a leader is to replicate other leaders. Things reproduce after their kind. Corn reproduces corn. Mm -hmm. Oats reproduce oats. Leaders should reproduce leaders. Yeah. We move from there to A, which is accountability. And if you're going to be a leader, you have to be accountable to yourself. You have to be accountable to your calling. You have to be accountable to your people. From there, we move into the C, which is learning to be an effective communicator. If you cannot effectively communicate what it means to be a leader and share information, knowledge, and wisdom with those that are following, there's a disconnect in from what's in your head and what's coming out of your mouth. And as a result of that, that's one of the biggest hurdles that leaders oh, have is, is the inability to effectively communicate. Mm -hmm. From there, we move to the letter K, which is kinetic. A leader is a person of action. And you can't say you're leading and never take a step and get into that uncomfortable place where growth happens. Leaders mm -hmm. go first. They show the way. The leader's the man that picks up the machete and walks into the jungle and says, there's no trail hill, but we're going to make one. They look at the mountain and say, I don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to climb this way. That's what leaders do. From there, we move into the letter B for belt, and that's boldness. A leader has to be bold. They can't be passive. They can't be shy. A leader has to be the person that stands out in front of the crowd and says, this is the way we're going. Follow me. And this is the path. And mm -hmm. so that boldness allows people to have confidence in themselves, confidence in their leader and confidence. They're actually going to get to the end of the journey where the leader says they're taking them to go. Mm -hmm. From there, we get into the E, which is equipping. Again, the job of a leader is to work himself or herself out of a job by teaching other people to effectively do what they do so they can move on to the next task, the next goal, the next objective for them. So as a leader, we should be constantly equipping ourselves and equipping other people to lead. From mm -hmm. there, we move into the L, which is loyalty, and understanding that as a leader, we have an obligation to be committed to the people that we serve, committed to the cause that we're pursuing. And there's loyalty there, meaning that there is no disconnect, there is no incongruence between our saying and our doing. Mm. And we know exactly what we're going to say that we do, so that we are men and women of character and value that people can believe they're going to do exactly what it is they say. Mm. And then letter T is transformation. If we do all the things we've done up to this point, we're going to begin to see our lives change. We're going to begin to see the lives of the people around us change. And this is how we bring forth that transformational impact in the lives of an organization, in the lives of individuals, in the lives of a community, a nonprofit group, a church, whatever it is, that's where that transformation takes place, that people rise to a new level of seeing, I can say more, I can do more, I can become more. And as a result of that, that powerful influence of changing things for the better takes place in our lives. Hmm. And then the very last character quality, that 10th one that you get into, is a concept in the martial arts we call Mushin. Now, Mushin is an Oriental word that literally means no mind. And if you learn to be an effective leader, you get to the point in your leadership journey that you don't have to stop and think, 
What would a leader say? What would a leader do? Because you've internalized it in yourself. And when mm. you internalize it in yourself, you know what a leader should say, what a leader should do, how a leader should act, how a leader should perform. And at that point, you simply show up as the leader you have become. And mm. you no longer have to think into what you're doing. It just becomes a part of your essence and a part of your being. That's when you truly experience what it means to be a black belt leader. Ah, I love that. I was I was reading a book and they were talking about a um, a study where they had kids dress up in doctor's coats and in, well, in coats, right? They told one group that it was a doctor's coat and they told another group that it was a painter's coat. And the kids in the doctor's coat, they then, you know, started questioning them as if they were doctors and they were just, you know, they, they became this doctor, right? But the kids in the painter's coats did not have the same, it, they, they didn't have the same concept, right? That's and right. ultimately, as we go through and we wear this coat of leadership and it becomes that, and we automatically start bringing out those characteristics that are inside of us already. Um, I love that, that, uh, that's such a, a great acronym all around. Thank Fantastic. You. Yeah. Um, is there one that is of those 10 steps? Is there one that is more important than the others? The first one is mm. again, you can't, achieve what you don't believe. And mm. if you don't believe there's a leader within you, it's that mindset that you've got to have that if you don't believe you've been called to lead, you're never mm -hmm. going to lead or mm -hmm. you're going to deal with, as you said earlier in your opening, imposter syndrome. You're going to deal with that procrastination because you don't believe you have what is necessary to go lead an individual, to go lead an organization, to go lead a family. And as a result of that, you struggle the rest of your life if you don't yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a painful situation for people, really. Um, so if listeners, um, so I'm a huge proponent, my listeners know I'm a huge proponent of mentors. In fact, uh, I kind of believe that anybody in business, well, maybe just generally in life, that everyone should have a mentor. Um, and do you, you mentioned that, uh, Dr. John Maxwell is your, is one of your mentors. Um, but, um, do you have a greatest mentor in your life and what have they taught you? You know, I would say probably two people, maybe three have really influenced my life. Uh, the first of those was my dad. Uh, my dad was the consummate leader that understood what it meant to be a servant leader. Mm -hmm. And I learned from dad, the understanding that the leader doesn't sit at the top of the pyramid and he barks down at everybody the real leader gets his hands dirty just like everybody else mm. and models what he wants other people to do. And he's willing to work alongside them, serve alongside them and help other people achieve success and significance. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, that was really my first foray into leadership. And it stuck with me my entire life. Probably second to that would be Dr. John Maxwell and having the opportunity over the last five or well now seven years to have Dr. John pour into my life two, three, four times a year. Uh, who doesn't want to learn from the foremost authority of leadership in the world? Right. <laughs> and, and then probably my third most influential leader was the founder of Real Life Management, uh, Wayne Nance. Uh, Wayne, for 34 years, has been working in the area of human behavior and learning and understanding how our behaviors, how our thinking and how our stinking attitudes can get in the way of <laughs> making us an ineffective or a rotten leader has been extremely valuable in my own personal journey of recognizing 
where I can stray and not be as good as I should be as a leader or not as effective mm. as I should be. And having that real life component to what I do has been extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get a hold of you to learn more about the programs and specifically about um, black belt leadership, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? The easiest way to find me is to go to my website, beablackbeltleader.com. Easy to find because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to be a black belt leader? Everybody. Right? Be a black belt leader. <laughs> who doesn't want to be Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee? You know, you pick the martial arts guy. We all get a chance to do that in our chosen art profession or trade when we learn yeah. to master ourselves and master our gifts or calling our profession, whatever it is. So they go to be a black belt leader.com. All my social media is there. All my courses are there. There's a lot of free training content that's available. They can subscribe to my newsletter, subscribe to my podcast. Everything's right there in one place. Be a black belt leader.com. Fantastic. And I also, you know, um, you mentioned it briefly uh, with your mentors, but um, the real life, uh, real life management uh, company as well. You have so many great things that you are involved in and uh, so many great concepts uh, along with materials uh, that people can leverage uh, to help them along in the journeys of. And we, we talk about mindset a lot on the show uh, because it's such a vital cornerstone of running an effective company, of running a successful company and feeling successful yourself. Uh, And um, I just, I love all of the things that you're involved in because I think they really make a difference for people. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, So if you uh, could leave one inspiring thought with our audience today, what would that be? You know, there's a concept in the martial arts called Kaizen. And the concept of Kaizen says that every day we have an opportunity to improve. And if we can improve just 1% over what we did yesterday, we've gotten better. And then if we can do that again tomorrow, and then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, incrementally, we get a little bit better every single day. And think about that over the course of a year, if I'm 1% better every single day, Just at simple interest alone, I'm 365% better than I was a year ago. Mm -hmm. But here's what we know about leadership. As we get better and we continue to grow and mature, that growth and that development compounds and we continue to get better. But I would also leave your, your audience with this. Ray Kroc, who is the founder of the McDonald's franchise success, said this. As long as you're green, you're growing. But once you're ripe, you start to rot. Oh, Nobody wants to be a rotten leader. But the minute mm-hmm. you stop growing yourself, the minute you stop becoming that 1% better every day, you start to rot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, I love that. I love that. Well, John, thank you so much. Um, that brings us to just about the end of the show. Before we take off today, I want to leave our listeners uh, with our digital marketing tip of the day. This one is around the trust indicators for your website. So people are looking at these all the time. And when they're not, they should be because they can be a very big red flag as to the source and authority of the content that we're consuming. Most of the time for most visitors to a website, these are kind of rather subconscious items, but they do make a difference. These are things like a better bureau, a better business bureau membership, or the the ability to actually contact your company from your website. It's also your reviews and links uh, directly to your uh, social networks. 
but two of the most overlooked are your SSL certificate and the copyright on your site and the materials that you have on your site. So you probably have an SSL certificate for your website. Most of the time this is included with your web host, but if your site is not redirecting you to HTTPS, then you need to update this because ultimately that is why you have a certificate is so for that, uh, that indicator. And as for the copyright, um, make sure that you're updating this yearly. And if there are any changes made to the content on your site, say a downloadable PDF, make sure that the date is updated on those too. This is also a, an indicator that your content is not outdated and that you care enough about your website to keep the content fresh, which is a big deal to Google and will also make a difference in how easily people can find you on Google. With all of the online fraud that goes on these days, consumers are becoming more and more educated in how to spot a valid website and who they interact with or buy from online. Trust indicators play a critical role in those decisions. When you consider that you have approximately seven seconds if that, to make an impression, any help that you can get in helping people make that simple de decision to stay on your website is money in your pocket. So a huge thank you to my guest today, John Terry with Black Belt Leadership. You can find John at beablackbeltleader.com. Please make sure to follow us, subscribe, and like us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this episode and previous shows along with contact information for all our guests and for me on our website at digitalconnections.us. Have a great weekend and tune in next time for another amazing Digital Connection for your business.